1: This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. So much going on in the news today, and there's a lot of stuff that, you know, it was catching my eye. Uh, Moderna is seeking emergency use use authorization for COVID-19 vaccines for children aged six months through five years, which is great because every parent with a small child just got terrified when... Um, A judge that should never become a judge said no more masks on airplanes. Uh, Also, 10 House Republicans voted against a bill geared towards streamlining the transfer of weapons to Ukraine amidst Russia's bloody barbaric invasion of the country. 10 House Republicans, I know you're wondering. Yes, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gaetz, and Paul Gosar are among them. Um, But I really wanted to talk about the fact that more than half of millennials now say they can't even think about buying a home because of student loan debt. Now, there have been calls to cancel student loan debt for a long, long time. Uh, back in 2013, Elizabeth Warren was trying to get a bill that said that students should be able, students with loan debt should be able to pay the same percentage points uh, of interest paid by the banks that ripped us off, but Mitch McConnell wouldn't allow a vote on that. Even before Joe Biden announced his presidency, um, he was hearing a lot of pressure about this. And he finally backed the idea of canceling some student loan debt on the campaign trail back in 2020. He said in Miami, I'm going to make sure everybody in this generation gets $10,000 knocked off their student debt as we try to get out of this god-awful pandemic. It's a really good idea. And since he first began the presidency, a lot of people... With heavy student loan debt have been really eager to see when and if he's going to follow through on that. Um, student loan forgiveness would really ease the financial burden that 42 million Americans have faced for a long time. We're very fond of this issue on the show. I made a movie about it for PBS a couple of years ago, and you can't climb the economic ladder with a 400 pound weight around your neck. And here's the good news about student loan debt forgiveness. The right and the far right are freaking out about it. And when you see how far the far right is going in their panic, it kind of tells you all you need to know. It tells you it's good politics and it tells you it's moral policy. Take, if you will, Mitt Romney, the senator from Utah. He went to Twitter yesterday. Maybe you saw it to really whine about Joe Biden's forthcoming forgiveness of some federal student loans. Let me quote reversible mittens. Desperate polls call for desperate measures. Dems consider forgiving trillions in student loans. Other bribe suggestions, forgive auto loans, forgive credit card debt, forgive mortgages, and put a wealth tax on the super rich to pay for it all. What could possibly go wrong? Guys, it's not often I say this, but I agree with everything Mitt Romney just wrote. Yes, forgive auto loans. Yes, forgive credit card debt. Yes, forgive mortgages. Yes, put a wealth tax on the super rich to pay for it all. Maybe Mitt doesn't know this, but there's a book called The Bible, (laughs) And in that book, uh, God commands a jubilee year every seven years for the forgiveness of debts. But I know the panic on the right. If we start forgiving student loans, where does it end? Or what, bail, bail out the banks that ripped us off? Subsidize the fossil fuel industry? Oh, wait, we already do that. Let me tell you how refreshing it is to finally be able to talk about how despicable a man Mitt Romney is again. Just because you're right about Trump doesn't mean you're right about anything else. This guy was born into immense wealth. He's worth a quarter of a billion bucks. He's got over $100 hidden away in the Caymans. So he can't be taxed on it in a trust for his kids. And he's really mad that regular working people might have some relief from debt. Why do we call this an oligarchy, friends? What was wrong with evil rich fucks? Mitt Romney graduated from Brigham Young University in 1971. Back then, tuition was $250 a semester for Mormon students. Today, it's almost $2,000 a semester. And by the way, it didn't even matter because his father was incredibly wealthy, a former auto executive, and was the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development at the time. And by the way, Mitt, no one's actually suggesting forgiving auto loans, credit card debt, or mortgages. But the richest guy on earth just paid no, who pays no taxes just bought Twitter. So I think we could talk about balancing the wealth gap just a little bit. Mitt Romney's net worth is $450 million. His monthly income is $6 million. Donald Trump and the GOP's tax scam of 2017 was $1.9 trillion that went to the wealthy and corporations. Oh, but helping everyday Americans with their financial debt, that's desperation. Mittens, where was your outrage when the millionaires were buying yachts with their PPP loans, right? It's not bribery when the Republicans cut almost $2 trillion in taxes for 700 billionaire donors. But it is bribery when Democrats cut $1.7 trillion in loans for 45 million working people. Bribery, Mitt, is when your party added $2 trillion to the debt to give tax cuts to your donors. Now, look, a lot of policies— Our government does, could be called bribes, like the bailout of of, of the donors. But here's the deal. Um, (laughs) Saying that the Democrats are going to benefit from this, that it's a bribe, is silly. But it's what really scares them. Because the Democrats aren't looking to bail out their donors. The Democrats are looking to bail out 45 million people of all different political ideologies, And they kind of act like conservatives who benefit from this won't still vote against the politicians who help them. Think about all the conservatives whose lives were saved because of the Affordable Care Act. They still vote against the Democrats who tried to help them. Joe Biden's not doing this because he owes anybody anything or wants to bribe them. He's doing it because it's right for the country. It's right for the economy. Forgiving student loans has one objective, helping the working class stay afloat. So there was a bill called the CARES Act. Remember way back, two years ago, March 2020, um, Nancy Pelosi put the student loan pause in the CARES Act. And loan payments under the previous guy were dropped for uh, nine months. Under Joe Biden, they have been dropped for 15 months and counting. And Biden just extended the pandemic pause on student loan payments uh, a fifth time. Now it's until August 31st. Payments have now been on hold for more than two years. Think about that. Over two presidential administrations, people haven't had to pay their student loan bills. Think about how much that's helped our economy recover. This administration expanded and streamlined forgiveness programs for public servants and people who were defrauded by their schools. Last week, they offered millions of people added credit towards forgiveness because of previous payment counting problems. This administration has already wiped out $17 billion in debt for three quarters of a million Americans. And remember, Joe Biden and Liz Warren put a provision in the American Rescue Plan canceling taxes on $50,000 worth of forgiven student loan debt. Anything above 50K, you'd have to pay taxes as income. But this is a doctor on Twitter named Josh Zazaya. He tweeted this week, Not buying Starbucks once a week would save me $240 per year. The pause in student loan interest has saved me $50,000 of added interest in the past two years. Here's Joe Biden. They asked him about the persistent buzz surrounding his promise to tackle student loan debt.
0: President, uh, Majority Leader Schumer said yesterday that you're, quote, getting closer to using executive authority to cancel up to
1: $50,000 in uh, student loan debt. Can you confirm that? What exactly are you looking to uh, plan to do here in the coming?
2: You mean my oh, spokesman so. said that?
1: Majority Leader Schumer.
2: Um, look, uh, number one, uh, one first thing we did was reform the system that was in place, that didn't work for anybody, that allowed people to write off debt if they engaged in public service. We have almost a nice. million 785, don't hold me the exact number, I'll get the number, 700 and some thousand have had debt forgiven, their whole debt forgiven because of their work working in either as teachers or other means by which they qualify. And we continue to make that easier secondly i am considering dealing with some debt reduction i am not considering fifty thousand dollars debt reduction but i'm in the process of taking a hard look at whether or not there are going to there will be additional debt forgiveness and uh, i'll have an answer on that in the next couple of weeks you thank you
1: meanwhile there's Mitt romney a rich person warning you about bailouts for non-rich persons so again Biden could wipe out thousands of dollars in debt per borrower with the stroke of one pen. And this terrifies the right. What are the other evil people saying? Well, let's talk about what the evil people are saying, starting with Laura Ingram. She tweeted yesterday, maybe you read this one, my mom worked as a waitress until she was 73 to help pay for our college. Even help with loan repayment. Loan forgiveness, just another insult to those who play by the rules. That's their playbook. Forgiving loans is is a slap in the face to those who played by the rules but let's unpack what she said laura did you made your mom work until she was 73 to pay for your education bitch please i'm pretty sure laura ingram could have afforded to pay off those loans herself right i mean she just admitted she let her mom wait tables into her 70s she's 59 right now tuition plus room and board at dartmouth her freshman year was 14 grand the average median salary that year was 23 grand. Today, Dartmouth is 70 grand for a year. The median salary is around 35 grand. And by the way, there was an obituary in 1999 for Laura's late mother, Anne Caroline Ingram. She worked at a Connecticut school for 45 years and then a waitress until 1994. And during that time, Laura was working as a lawyer for the pricey Manhattan firm Skadden, Arp, Slate, Meeker, and Flam. Guys, the average cost of college tuition and fees at public four-year schools has gone up 179% over the last 20 years. But to Laura's question, is it fair that other people might get their student debt forgiven? Yes. You know why? Because other people don't need to suffer because people in the past suffered. What do other evil people say? Well, Nikki Haley tweeted, So many Americans have worked to pay off their own student loans. Now you're going to tell them that they will have to pay off other people's debts? There's nothing fair about that. Oh my God, she's right. If we start improving things, what's next? Ending poverty? Curing disease? We can't make the world a better place, people. That wouldn't be fair to me. No, you can't cure cancer tomorrow. That's not fair to all the people who died of cancer. You can't end child labor. That's not fair to all the kids who had to work. You can't end gay marriage. It's not fair to all those gays who couldn't marry. My God, the selfishness of some Americans is mind boggling. Take, if you will, Casey Dillon, who works for our friend Wee Ben Shapiro at Daily Wire. She tweeted, I just worked my butt off to pay off my very expensive student loans a few months ago. If Biden forgives student loans, I'm going to be livid. Okay, Casey, just just wondering how uh, how exactly did you pay them off a few months ago when the loans have been paused for two years? I also found a tweet where she bragged she had a full scholarship. (laughs) My grandpa died of cancer, and it's going to be an insult to my grandpa if you cure cancer now. How about, let's go to Donald Trump Jr. He tweeted, rather than having the middle class pay off and subsidize the elite student loans, why don't we address the absurd cost of college, their multi-billion dollar tax-free endowments, and the ever-declining value proposition of the worthless degrees that so many drive themselves into debt for? Okay, I don't know who wrote that for Cokie McFoke face, but that, that's Don Jr., a millionaire at birth, who never needed student loans, calling people who did need student loans, elites. I mean, guys, what is the worst thing that would happen if we canceled student loans? You know what happened? Some people would be upset because they had paid theirs. That's the worst thing. I think we can handle that. 52% of students who had taken on a student loan debt don't feel it was worth it. Student loan payments have an annual growth rate of 6.6%. 53% of millennials haven't bought a home because of student loan debt. In 2018, 30% of college students lived at or below the poverty line. 14% are single parents. Guys, by the time many students pay off their loans, the interest alone, and you know this, the interest alone is more than the original loan amount. And that can take years and years to pay off. Most people could pay their actual, or would pay their actual debt, but they're buried because they have to pay all this interest, so many times the original debt. And black students, because of lack of of wealth, are the most likely to borrow. They are the group that has to borrow the most. And yet, after paying loans for years, they owe 12.5% more on their loans. Student loans are investments in our country's future economy. But millionaires at birth like Romney and Don Jr., they they don't see that. They they only see student loans as things that should be profit centers. By the way, hundreds of billions in PPP loans were forgiven, including for big corporations. Republicans did not complain. But the moment it seems like Joe Biden might forgive some student loans to help younger and middle-aged Americans and our economy, we're hearing all about handouts. The Republicans want to dismantle Social Security and Medicare. How, how many of Mitt's kids and grandkids had to work their way through school and, and still have a loan? How many of Mitt Romney's kids and grandkids have been food insecure? Bernie Sanders said the federal government bailed out the banks. Trump and the Republicans gave huge tax cuts to the wealthy. Congress is about to hand $10 billion to Jeff Bezos to go to the moon. Yes, we can afford to cancel all student loan debt. I mean, if we do it, people are going to have more money to spend. And that will stimulate the economy where they haven't been before. And yeah. Oh my God, some big companies might lose a little. Some billionaires might get taxed more. They've all been bailed out. Let's bail out the non-millionaires. Jim Clyburn said, if executive orders can free slaves and integrate the armed services, it can eliminate debt. If you forgive $10,000 per borrower, okay, that would require the government to write off $321 billion in loans. That was an analysis released by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York last week. Guys, the median student loan debt is less than 20 k So if you just forgave 10 k that would forgive half or more for more than half of all borrowers. And a recent poll by Morning Consult showed that more than 60% of registered voters were in favor of some level of student debt cancellation. That's not bribery. That's giving people shit in exchange for the taxes they pay. And of course, the problem is the cost of higher education. The system overcharges people and it underpays teachers to have fucking huge buildings and overpriced stadiums on campus. Elizabeth Warren when she was running, pledged to cancel up to $50,000 per borrower. Chuck Schumer uh, led more than 90 congressional Democrats in sending Joe Biden a letter last month asking him to provide meaningful student debt cancellation. It's not just morality. It's good for elections. It's good for the Democratic Party, but it's good for the economy. The student loan debt system is a trap. Just like private insurance companies controlling access to health care is a trap. Just like a low-wage workforce without benefits is a trap. It's like a capitalist society that doesn't have any manufacturing anymore is a trap. Safety nets for Americans who are struggling is not a trap. And if student loan debt forgiveness was a giveaway to the wealthy, Trump would have done it. Now, you know what they're scared of? That student loan debt forgiveness is bipartisan. And it's going to help the Republican voters. They don't actually help. There's two kinds of people. The ones who say, I went through some hard times, so you've got to go through hard times. or Or the liberals who say... I went through some hard times, and I'm going to do anything to make sure you don't have to go through hard times like I did. My parents came from a generation where they wanted kids to have it better than they did. Forgiving student loan debt would be the most direct investment and the most personal in the American people and America's future that Joe Biden could make. And you know what? Who cares if it's political? When the latest extension, the latest pause expires in August, go ahead, forgive it then. Inspire people to come out and vote and show them we can do more if you elect more Democrats. (laughs) That's not bribery. That's good governance. And besides, all this crushing student loan debt is really keeping millions of people from enjoying all the crushing home mortgage debt. This
3: episode is brought to you by Philo.
0: slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle.
1: I'm so pleased to welcome Bob Henley back to our show. Anytime we can get Robert Henley to join us, we're always thrilled. He is the journalist journalist, an award-winning investigative reporter during a 40-year career who's covered public policy on every level from corruption to homeland security to the economy to environmental policy to immigration and, of course the burgeoning new 2022 labor movement. He was a senior reporter at WNYC for 12 years. You've read his stuff in the New York Times, the chief leader, Christian Science Monitor, Miami Herald, Detroit Free Press, uh, and of course, Salon. Mr. Henley, welcome back, and may I wish you a very happy Worker Memorial Day.
4: Thanks so much for having me.
1: Thank you, well, and, and tell us about Worker Memorial Day. Uh, it, it seems like like Labor Day. It's one of those days we should hear a lot more about.
4: Well, it's, it goes back to I think the founding of OSHA. Um, we had the afl uh, from day one when it you know established itself. Worker safety was key. That's always been um, you know getting workers home safe. Yeah, we want to be paid, but we want to return home to the people we're supporting alive. Yeah. And so this year it takes on extra significance because as we speak right now, we have no idea how many thousands of essential workers died as a consequence of their service to us, yep. nor how many of them are dealing with long haul COVID. We have. Uh, that's why a commemoration like this is so important, even without COVID uh, 300 the AFL in their uh, death and job report, which is released every year. They estimate three hundred forty Americans die a day related to hazardous conditions in the workplace 120 thousand die related to diseases they contracted because of their work so add COVID in the mix and you have something that you know well it should force what's happening we're seeing americans responding to this new equation 47 million americans john left their job last year
1: amazing amazing yeah um but i gotta tell you bob it's been such a depressing year so far in so many ways. And one of the bright lights of 2022, for me at least, has been seeing this this fledgling, this incredible uh, drive to unionize. that has come not from politicians, but from people. Politicians, if anything, are trying to glom onto it. When we've seen it at Amazon, at Starbucks. And you just had an interview with Sarah Nelson, who everybody should know. She's the president of the Association of Flight Attendants. She represents 50,000 Different flight attendants at 17 airlines, and they are really trying to unionize. Uh, tell me about your meeting with her.
4: Well, it, it came after uh, what's called um, a soli- uh, a sol- uh, Solidarity Sunday out of Staten Island. You were talking about Chris Mall's efforts. Um, he has captured the national imagination, the Amazon Labor Union. It was a grassroots thing started um, on Staten Island. At, Chris was really initially a uh, supervisor who was supervising, had a promising career. He was instructed to, he felt, immorally conceal what was going on with COVID in the population, then started a grassroots effort that started in the lunchroom, basically, because these people were being driven throughout this pandemic without proper um, PPE, without any kind of contact tracing, and it caught fire. And indeed, without any you know major support from... Uh, deep pockets. Uh, they just won their vote to unionize the first warehouse in the Amazon constellation, and they're in the process of the second vote now. Uh, people have probably followed what had happened best around Alabama. That was the RWSDU union, which is a retail wholesale department store workers. That effort it's, uh, was a re-vote. They lost that effort. It's being contested. Amazon, in that effort, uh, and and across the country, really pulls out the stops here. I mean, they do things they know are going to get them in trouble um, with the National Labor Relations Board. They have these things where they force uh, employees into these compulsory meetings. They try to target—and all this, by the way, is illegal. Um, And they just hope that their heft and the fact that they have so much campaign cash— We'll get the government to look the other way. But I will say under Biden, it's beginning to we're seeing the NRLB start to enforce labor law, which gives people like Chris malls and his supporters some chance to get this done.
1: Right on. Right on. What what inspires me, too, is just the innovative ways that people are trying to discover and undertake to help advance workers' rights. And you have a great piece in Labor Press uh, from a couple days ago about... Um, this New York-led public pension coalition flexing muscles against Amazon abuses. It's really amazing that this, this coalition of some of America's largest pension funds with billions of dollars in Amazon stock is coming together. And they're urging the shareholders of Amazon at next month's shareholder meeting to reject the re-election <laughs> of a couple of corporate directors. Uh, tell us about what this effort is, because this, to me, is such sure. smart organizing.
4: Well, we we're here right now know that in Washington, because of Center Mansion and Cinema, we're kind of stuck. We know that um, it's hard to get the PRO Act through, which would make it easier to make a good union vote stick. Congress's dysfunctional corporations have bought it for the most part. Here's another front. So you have uh, Brad Lander, the city controller of New York City, and Tom Zinnapoli, the state controller. Between them... They have hundreds of billions of dollars under management on behalf of hundreds of thousands of public employees. They had a meeting at the Harvard Club, which I monitored, where they had in the room investment officers from around the country that are involved with uh, supervising public pensions. It represented $2 trillion under investment. They are now starting to try to get people to understand that if you have your church, whatever fraternal organization you're in, your own portfolio – you're even if you're someone that doesn't realize if you have a Fidelity account, you may have the ability to vote your shares. Right. And this is another line that we need to approach. And just between the city and the state, they have five billion dollars worth of uh, Amazon. So that's not a lot. But when you begin to think about the potential here, uh, this means that we can get into the boardroom. And we've seen this has been done effectively before. Uh, this is what happened. This is why apartheid is no longer the law of the land in South Africa. Right we go on through this kind of focused, disciplined yep. approach.
1: Yep. I mean, we've seen nuns do this: buying shares in corporations right. and then go to the shareholder meeting to call out the corporate abuses. It's it's so inspiring. And these these two corporate directors oversee all of Amazon's workplace and compensation policies. That's like trillions of dollars, right?
4: Yeah, well, they actually what it is they're responsible. Uh, Huttenlocker and McGrath are the two directors that have been identified. They're responsible for the compensation uh, for the top five executives was four hundred and twelve million dollars. Two hundred million went to the top guy, and the ratio of the top pay to the median pay of the average person that makes it possible for you to get your Amazon package is 6,400-something to one. So if you Ah. want to know what's wrong with America, that's it. And, of course, they've been pursuing this very expensive strategy of trying to blow the union up and resist it. In fact, there's some internal documents out there that show that even Amazon itself was afraid it was going to burn through the available American workforce because of the brutality of the system that they have. Twelve hours with a half-hour rest. With this kind of, you know, um, and, and this is the thing. This is like the, we're seeing that the COVID thing really brought attention to this because we saw everything from the meat packing plants to hospitals where workers' health was secondary. And we can't, yeah. that's why this state is so important to remind people that there's a consequence for the government's failure to deal with COVID. And that's one of the reasons why people are now reappraising the whole social contract of work.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, turnover rates, uh, you saw in your piece for Amazon, remain as high as 150%. And this is a company where I just want to quote the number you just said, um, the ratio of CEO and the median employee. The average employee of Amazon, for every dollar they make, their CEO makes $6,474. So... I mean, that's that's just they just paid their top five executives 400 million in compensation last year during the pandemic.
4: Well, and that's why there's the concentration of wealth has now taken on a breathtaking scope. And then to add to that, the insult to injury here is the fact that our taxation system then on top of that punishes people that punch a clock. And rewards idle capital like the kind of guys you just described. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you have a great piece in Salon uh, from a couple weeks ago. Uh, COVID's pre existing condition, pandemic has been devastating. For the poor the poor people's campaign uh is showing their data that has an incredible disparity in COVID deaths i mean this is true all across the world when you look at the fact that you know the african continent still can't get their shots i guess we shouldn't be surprised that this has affected poor people like climate change so much more harshly than its affected the middle class and wealthy
4: well i guess the thing is that because we stumbled on build back better we have to look at where it's falling apart and we, the thing that Reverend Barbara and Jeffrey Sachs, the economists from Columbia, were able to do was get the county-by-county county, county data. And that's where you see this growth disparity. It's 3,000 counties,
1: right? 3,000 counties across right, the country. Right.
4: Mm-hmm. right. And what you see there is the fact that, and we talked about this on the show, even before the pandemic, we had life expectancy decline for two years in a row. Now it's dropping off a cliff. In any other situation, any other nation that didn't have as much hubris as we would, that would be a, a, a blinking red light of failure, of national failure. When you see that you can't keep your people alive, and by the way, for them and this is why it, it comes back down to our lack of universal health care, the fact that that's not the topic here. And don't get me wrong, I'm concerned about Russian expansionism and the aggression in Ukraine. Sure. But the fact that we're still in the midst of this pandemic and that we're not talking about the essential civil defense need of universal health care shows you how much in the tank the Beltway is.
1: I didn't know that out of the two million kids in New Jersey, 60 percent of them live uh, in rent burdened families, like families that pay 35 percent of their income for shelter alone. One in four have no access to Internet and one in three are not getting food
4: stamps. Well, and the the tragedy here, and this is kind of the failure of professional politicians. Right now, as we speak, I think there's some five million households that would qualify for fourteen billion dollars sitting in the in the federal treasury that was from the expanded child tax credit that people didn't have the wherewithal to apply for. So, you know, I have to say, Democrats themselves, you know, you really, I went to AOC's website. I got to give her credit because. Yes, it was a political picture of her holding a baby. But on that website, John, you could calculate what you're entitled to and figure out how to get it. And there's actually a network of nonprofit tax preparers. The United Way has this on their website where you could get this money. This is $3,600 per child. Now, why isn't this the business of progressive politicians to get this money into the hands of the people that need it? I mean, you know, $14 billion is a lot of money.
1: Yeah. Bob, what, for those who don't know, um, what is the ALICE threshold? What does that refer to?
4: Well, so um, United Way, this goes back to, I want to say, like the mid-2000s. United Way as one of these organizations that will provide you cash money if you all of a sudden find yourself broke. And it doesn't have a bureaucracy connected to it. They found that they were getting calls from Morris County, New Jersey, for this kind of aid. And they were like, hey, on paper, this is a wealthy county. You know, it you know, it should not be a place where people are, you know, have this kind of tight existence. They found out that there were all kinds of cases where people were living week to week, and they developed detailed county cost of living expense analysis where what is the child care cost in each part of the United States? What does it cost for uh, shelter, taxes, fuel? And there's a right. wide variance. And so it turned out that the federal poverty number was totally irrelevant to what Americans were living. And that in New Jersey, something like, you know, 10% may be below the poverty line, which was adapted in the 1960s, but some 30, 35% of people live, their families live week to week, giving up one thing each month so that they're constantly behind the eight ball. This has become the situation on the ground for an increasing part of the United States, and the pandemic made it worse.
1: So that that's a key point, because I want to I want to talk about this great piece that you had for Salon that just came out last week. Um, We talked a lot about uh, one judge that the ABA said was unqualified to be a judge that was appointed a judge by a president. The majority of Americans voted against twice when they say they got rid of the mask mandate. No, there was no they it was one. And and what we haven't talked about is, yes, the impact on public health, but also, as New York becomes an orange zone again, the impact on working people. Your Peace and Salon mask mandate tossed as COVID spikes again. Unions face chaos and confusion. Bob, the fact that people don't have to wear masks in airplanes or even more scarily in airports anymore, what does it mean for the people who have to work in these places?
4: Well, I will tell you that I was went into my city hall office today and uh, because it's still all over the place. I mean, it is totally incoherent. So if you're on, you know, I had to have it up, down, up, down, because in the World Trade Center, you have it on. If you're mm-hmm. in the path, you have it on. If you're in the subway, you have it on. If you're in New Jersey transit, it comes off. It's all about the politics. And so yeah. this is a fractured response. And so working people, I mean, we've talked about this before, from the very beginning, it was uh, the subway workers in New York City. At the, from the very beginning, they wanted to wear masks. When uh, and the CDC said, "No, we, we have a tough uh, inventory here. Um, only sick people and frontline healthcare workers should wear it, and healthy people don't need to wear it." And then, you know, dozens of subway workers died yep. because of the occupational exposure. 171 from the MTA alone over 300 New York City civil servants. And so they were being threatened with being written up if they wore a mask and were told they were gonna scare the public. Then finally the union prevailed and the MTA people started wearing masks. Throughout this whole thing, it's all been done based on what the government needs to do to cover itself up. They didn't have the inventory. Then in May, you may remember, they decided to um, lift the mask mandate if you were vaccinated universally at the time. Healthcare professionals, nurses' unions, retail courts warned listen, you're going to give root to a new variant because in many cities, a majority of people aren't even vaccinated. Hello, yeah. Delta. I mean, every uh, step of the way, the people that have been on the front lines have tried to prescribe what needed to be done and have been ignored.
1: And once again, the people that are most at risk are the ones we ironically call essential. Uh, Mr. Henley, it's never enough time for all of the different articles you write. Um, We are moving back to our studio hybrid starting next week after two years. I really look forward to getting you back in person again. In the meantime, everyone needs to follow you, but how do we? What's the best way to keep up with all of the different pieces you write for so many different great publications?
4: Well, at Stuck Nation, because we surely are. (laughs) That's my Twitter handle.
1: You are the best, sir. It's always a great honor to have you with us. Thank you for joining us.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: I began the show with a really, really hyped up uh, monologue all about student loan debt. I want to know your thoughts, beginning with Michelle in Florida. Thanks for your patience.
3: Hi John, it's Hi. wonderful to talk to you this evening.
1: It's so nice to have you, thank you.
3: I just wanted to call and tell you, when I was listening at the start of the show when you had your rant um, about the student loan, yeah. and I just was screaming in here, clapping, saying yes John, yes, yes, <laughs> I had to even go and tag you on Twitter, because everything you said is what I have been thinking and feeling all this time, I had just resolved to the fact that I was going to be paying student loans until I was in retirement. And Crazy. that was just what it was. So it would be wonderful if Biden even forgave a, a, a couple thousand. This black this yeah. chocolate girl in Florida would be happy with a couple thousand. Yeah. It was just exciting news. And we one thing you did say that I never thought about was that it is a, a bipartisan issue, because surely it has to be some Republican somewhere in this country that wants a few dollars waived off their yeah. student loan. So I think it's a brilliant um, thing if Biden was to do it. But as close as we get to the midterms, there's a lot of us feeling some kind of way about the, you know, the the, um, the voting rights not being passed, you yeah. know, the uh, no policing act was you know. So this would go a long way to um, encourage people to feel like, okay, well, we get this done. Okay. <laughs>
1: so right, you're so really right, and, and you know, and. Something. And, and again, it is bipartisan, which is why it scares yeah. the Republicans. But I keep telling them, what are you guys worried about? You know, Obamacare was bipartisan. It saved the lives of millions of Republicans. It led to the lowest rate yeah. of uninsured Americans in history. And those Republicans kept voting against their own self-interest. They still hated Obama after he made their medical bills lighter. So go ahead. You know, <laughs> let let Joe Biden cut their student loan debt in half. They'll, they'll still hate him. Your Tucker will still tell him why. Hunter Biden's laptop. You know, it's that like it's true. actually there to help everybody. And it's not bribing. Yeah. Bribing is, is when, you know, billionaires give you tons of money th- to your pack and dark money contributions. So you'll give them favors. That's bribing. This is just stimulating yeah, exactly. the economy we, no, we, and giving people something for America their taxes. Right Tell
3: me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I totally agree with you on that. And I almost I honestly think maybe there are some Republicans that may, might vote for Biden over this uh waving at the, the, these two I don't, know. I don't know. I'm, I'm don't know. trying to be overly optimistic, I guess.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I think that people vote against... I, I think abortion is the thing that gets these people voting against their self-interest. They pretend that Jesus was yeah. against abortion, and that's how you get these conservative people to vote, for, to vote against everything Jesus actually talked to us about. The Bible commands a jubilee year for forgiveness of debts every seven years. Yep. Can you imagine if they just jacked up taxes on billionaires... You, you can get by on half a billion if they jacked up taxes on – if they taxed you everything you – 100% after your first $500 million, you could still afford a decent apartment on $500 million and you could forgive student loan debt, mortgage debt. You could forgive credit card debt, and everyone would run out and start buying shit and stimulate the economy.
3: Exactly, John There goes inflation exactly why I was screaming. I was like, yeah. "Why can't people understand this is good for the country?
1: because <laughs> greedy people control it, greedy people want to stay the richest, and that's why they buy off politicians to make sure their taxes don't go
3: up it, that, and that's exactly what's been going on, but I'm rooting for Biden to do this. I'm rooting for I him to too. do the right thing because I really I just see a lot of people feeling you know a little um disenfranchised and depressed about the fact that yep nothing really significant that the regular people wanted get passed, and then a lot of people want some of these seditionists to be held accountable. That hasn't happened either. It might not happen. So this is one thing that if it was to happen would not only enlighten the Democratic base, finally something to enlighten us well, you know, um, I will say, I, I will
1: say, like, there, there's a lot of things he's done, but it's hard to put a finger on it because it's just numbers. Like, the deficit's going to go down 1.3 trillion. Yeah. That's the biggest ever one-year decline.
3: You know, like yeah.
1: we okay, we rejoined the World Health Organization. Like, we ended the Muslim travel ban. Okay, that that's good. I mean, yeah. the, the American Rescue Plan helped lower healthcare costs. Like, okay, that it all correct. sounds great. Unemployment's down to 3.6 percent. That's great. But this that, is something tangible bad. that you can point to. Like, it, like if we didn't have mansion and cinema and had been able to have medicare provide vision and hearing and dental that's something real you can point to and my god it's like it would help everyone and that's why the republicans are afraid because it would help people i think joe biden's going to do it ten thousand dollars per and i think he's going to wait until it expires in august and he's going to do it as an election year stunt and i think that's the most moral thing he could do
3: it would be a fabulous thing to do. I'm I'm just I'm just elated. I'm just elated about that news that I heard today and I just hope that it, I it, hope so. it works. Oh, but I, I hope had, so. I wanted to just call and say I appreciate your rant because it was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I might play it back later tonight because it got me Please very do. happy and excited to hear you say oh, everything. Oh, Michelle,
1: I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Thank you. Thank uh, you so much. No,
3: I love you to death. I love you to death. I follow you on Twitter. And oh, sorry for all that. And then I followed you Radio. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, you're doing great. So I appreciate the work that you're doing, Chris is doing, Emma's is doing, everybody's doing a great job.